Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana White, and I blog almost every day as Noni over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people who don't necessarily love cleaning and organizing. Um, as I get started today, I just wanted to let you know that if it sounds a little bit strange, it's because, sadly, my microphone is not working or I'm just completely technically illiterate and can't figure out what is going on, but um, I'm late recording this podcast because it... Um, wouldn't work and I couldn't figure it out. So I'm using the microphone on my computer, which makes it sound a little bit hollow and tunnely and all that, but I'm very sorry. Um, so go ahead and give me feedback. Let me know, leave a comment on the post or send me an email and say, please don't ever record a podcast again. If you can't have the sound better than that or go ahead, whatever. Um, yeah. So, okay. So today I, this is podcast number 55. If you would like to get um, the show notes for this podcast and links to things that I talk about, uh, go to aslobcomesclean.com slash podcasts with an S. I did finally update that page with podcast number 54, so it'll probably be like another year before I actually get this one on there. But if you get there and this podcast is not listed specifically linked on that page, um, just scroll to the bottom where it says, see all my podcasts here and um, click on that and it will take you to the most recent podcast. There are three on a page. If you see the top, if you see three, then when you get to the bottom, look for a little pink link that says, um, see more here or next page or later posts or something like that. It's kind of down at the bottom and that will take you to the next three. Um you know, in case I ever get behind more than three, which totally happens. Um, so today I am talking about junk-free holidays, specifically talking a little bit about Easter, but in general also just junk-free holidays. Um, but before I do that, I want to make sure that you know that Daily Deslobification is now live in iTunes. I have about uh, 23 or 24 of those really quick audio versions of my daily blog posts at aslobcomesclean.com. Um, and they are available now for you to subscribe in iTunes. If you listen to those and you like them, I would love it if you left a review for that because that really helps to get that going and get the exposure out there. Of course, obviously, I would love you to leave a review for this podcast as well. Um, that just the way that things work, I know a lot of you have written to me and told me that you actually found me through iTunes. The way that that works is um, a lot of the things that determine what people find when they search is from the reviews that happen in iTunes. At least that's my understanding. But as someone who can't figure out how to get her microphone to work, you can take or leave my understanding of anything technological. So. Um, I'm talking, I'm just giving you the little warning here, kind of a spoiler alert, that I am talking about junk-free holidays, specifically Easter. So if you have people around you who might be listening and who might, um, <clears throat> might receive something that you are going to be 
getting an idea of what to buy. I know I'm making no sense, but I'm trying to give you a little bit of time to turn this off if there are little ears around you that you don't want to hear it. Okay. Have you had your moment to turn it off? I know I'm telling you to turn off my podcast. I just mean put your earphones in. That's all I really mean. Okay. So Easter specifically, here goes. This is, you know, not for children. You know, whatever. Anyway, um, not like I'm going to say anything naughty, but you know what I mean. Okay, so talking about junk-free holidays, specifically clutter-free Easter basket fillers. Um, the word filler in and of itself just means something that doesn't have value. I mean, in my mind, that's what it means. Kind of like stocking stuffers, things that are just stuff. It just fills it. It just, you know, takes that space up. Um, and I know when I first had children, uh, for one thing, my husband always got an Easter basket from the store and he just assumed we would do that. I never got an Easter basket from the store. My mother always filled it. And I specifically remember the first time I got a store-bought Easter basket. Now, as the child whose mother did everything from scratch, I wanted things like pre-made, store-bought, plastic-wrapped Easter baskets. And I wanted Hamburger Helper, and which is related. It really is. Anyway, um, but I wanted all those things because that's what I didn't have. You know, my mom did everything by hand and from scratch and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, I wanted those things that other kids got, you know, the stuff that you see in the store. And I remember the first time that I actually got an Easter basket that was a store-bought one. And it was uh, my grandparents owned a store in this itsy-bitsy town in Oklahoma. I mean, we're talking like, I mean, honestly, it's kind of a ghost town now. Um, at the time, there were some things, you know, but it was, seriously, it was this little bitty town. They owned a store, and um, I don't think owning a store was really right up their alley, um, meaning really wasn't their thing. So, like, the main thing I remember is that we got all our Christmas presents from the store, and this was in the 80s. And everything in the store was from the 70s. Like they had gone to market and bought all the stuff. It was, it was clothing. They'd gone to market, bought all the stuff for the store. And little bitty town, it didn't sell like it they wanted it to. And they just kept it. And it was like walking into the... It was kind of this bizarre thing. But I have lots of memories of when I would be up there, being in that store with my grandma and, you know playing store and all. anyway, so that was the, you know, fourth and fifth grade perspective on what was actually going on there. Who knows what was really going on? But my point was my grandmother had some Easter baskets. And so she let us have one from the store. It may have been asked after Easter, who knows? Anyway, and I remember opening up this Easter basket from the store and realizing that the stuff I saw on the top of the Easter basket, you know how they have like things that make it really, really tall and big and it looks like it's full of stuff. The stuff I saw was all that was in there. I mean, there was nothing else in this Easter basket. Like, you know this if you've ever had one, but I mean, there's nothing in the bottom. It's like cardboard across the top of the basket. So there's nothing down in there. You assume there's something in the basket. There's not. And then like, you know, candy or a couple of junky toys, 
you know, stapled to a piece of cardboard and what you see is what you get. And it is such a huge letdown. I mean, really, it's mostly error and paper and stuff you're going to throw away on top of the stuff that is going to get thrown away after you were excited about it for two seconds. I mean, really, Easter baskets were such a letdown when I realized that those ones that look so neat. So I am now, and as of that point, uh, very appreciative of the fact that my mom did not do the store-bought. Um, but, uh, so when we first, you know, had children, my husband and I first had children, and I was all excited about it and getting their Easter basket together, my husband, who'd always had the store-bought one, was like, well, you're not going to buy one from the store and, um, so I did one time, you know, my kid didn't know any better. He had no idea. Um, but you know, now I do put their Easter baskets together. We don't go crazy. You know, it's funny because I've been posting different ideas, uh, for clutter-free Easter basket fillers, um, on Facebook and have had some people say, how big is this basket? And I'm like, well, these are just ideas. I generally do just a, not a tiny basket, but it's, you know, it's just, three inches deep and um, probably six by eight, something like that, a little square. And we use the same ones and we've cut off the handles because the handles got messed up. And, you know, it just, it's not, they're not huge. So that is a, a huge thing, you know, to remember, you don't have to have a huge basket and then it, and then it's full. But um, anyway, but looking for stuff that is not going to turn into clutter. And here's where, you know, the same thing I've talked about so many times that everybody has a different clutter threshold and everybody has a different definition of what's clutter. What's clutter in my house is totally useful in somebody else's house. What's totally useful in somebody else's house is, or yeah, what to, what's totally useful to me, if somebody else doesn't use it and they're just going to have it sitting around, then it's clutter. So obviously these things are all completely personal and knowing your children and knowing what kinds of things are going to turn into clutter. Um, but here's some ideas that I, I got when I asked several years ago. It's probably been three or four years ago on Facebook um, from, from the Islab Comes Clean Facebook page, uh, you know, for ideas for non-clutter Easter basket fillers and got some just just ideas of ways of looking at it and going, oh, okay, yeah, that kind of stuff is, is going to fill space up and is not going to be stuff that's just going to end up in the, the trash, you know, later. Um, but... Okay, so I have this in my little notes here um, that I wanted to talk about before we get into the Easter basket fillers, you know, traditions and whatever it is that you do. I talked about this in Christmas traditions. Um, there was another podcast on that. And same goes here. Philosophy on, I think that a lot of people like me tend to be the idealistic mother who had all these dreams. We just saw in our vision of motherhood and family life and all that kind of stuff, we only saw the idyllic moments, you know, the big family dinners, the, you know, I want to do that. I mean, that's, that's who I'm going to be. I'm going to be the mom who, you know, weaves the basket myself or whatever, you know, I mean, that, that was the kind of stuff that I just thought, saw, I saw in my head when I would imagine this idea of motherhood and creating my own family and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then the reality sometimes is such a slap in the face when you realize, okay, Easter's a really busy time of year for me specifically. Christmas is busy for everybody. Um, Easter's busy for a lot of people because the areas where I serve in my church are music and drama. Um, yeah, Easter's pretty bizarre for me. Like it's it's a be there. There were have been multiple years where I had to be there at 7.15 in the morning 
on Easter morning. And I wasn't even here when my kids woke up on Easter morning to see their Easter baskets or do any kind of special breakfast or whatever. Um, thankfully that's a little bit different this year, but, um, but you know, there's, that's, that's just part of it is, you know, there's, it's not, my reality does not match what I envisioned Easter to be. Having a big Easter lunch for real when you've been working all weekend on some sort of drama presentation and then you get to church early, early, early and then you're exhausted at noon. I mean, really, who's going to cook a ham after that? I mean, whatever. Anyway, I mean, who, so, you know, finding those ways to, hey, say this is a tradition and to remind myself that my kids they are the ones who decide what our tradition is because they're the ones who go, remember, we do this every year. And I think, oh, I guess we do do that every year. <laughs> OK, yeah. Like, for example, just, you know, coloring eggs that no, I have not ever and I'm saying ever used the amazing egg coloring um ideas that you can find on the Internet. Um, I remember finding them in Family Fun magazine, you know, back pre-internet days, pre-Pinterest, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I would look in Family Fun Magazine and I would see all these amazing ideas for, you know, like string art and taking a, a silk tie and some, I don't even know what they did, but somehow you transfer the image from the silk tie onto the egg. You know, and at the time that I was reading this, my kids were so little that it wasn't something that they would even, you know, be able to do. But I would think, oh, someday I want to do that. Or, you know, just these amazing pieces of art that people come up with on that. We've never, my oldest is 13. My youngest is about to be nine. We have never had the time on Easter weekend to do that kind of elaborate stuff. But my kids don't even care. As long as I take some food coloring that I've already got in the cabinet and stick it in a coffee cup and my husband boils eggs because he's better at boiling eggs than I am. I don't trust myself on that. Besides, why would I boil eggs when he's good at it? But anyway, um, you know, I mean, we just boil a bunch of eggs and they go to town and do whatever they want it. Last year, I got, um, last year I got a, um, I just got out our paints. I mean, I, I got out paints and paintbrushes and said, go to town. My kids have a great time. You know, I mean, my daughter, she dies until probably last year, she just dyed every egg pink. Whatever eggs she came up with, she just wanted them pink. And so that's all she did the whole time. And she's as happy as she can be. And that's a tradition. And it doesn't have to be as elaborate as all the ideas. I mean, you know, I know I'm a blogger. I know that you have to come up with cool stuff to get it to be shared and all that kind of, which is one of the reasons why Pinterest makes me crazy for my blog. But, you know, I'm, I'm all about reality. I mean, the truth is kids don't care. You know, I mean, they can be the ones to initiate, hey, I saw such and such, or, you know, let them look on Pinterest and figure out how they want to do it if they're old enough and they want to do that kind of stuff. Um, but traditions happen. You know, another thing for us, and I'm excited about continuing this tradition this year, although I have said, oh, wait, do we need to talk to family and see what the plans are? Um, but, you know, last year I used one of my um, packages of um, roast that I had cooked who knows how long before that. Um, and then, you know, chopped up. I made like, cause what I do, I make roast. I make, when I make roast, I make at least four meals worth and I cook it all at one time. I, cause it's messy. You know, I, I cool it so that I can get all the fat off and then I chop it and then I put it in the freezer. It freezes beautifully. Um, beef like that, you can put back in the crock pot when it's, um, already roasted and cooked. I put in there with some brown gravy mix. Don't tell my mother that. Um, cause I didn't make it from scratch, but I put it in there with brown gravy mix and roast 
in the crock pot. It's already chopped up. When I come home, I can do instant mashed potatoes, and we have this wonderful, home, truly home-cooked meal. I mean, I know it's instant mashed potatoes, but that roast really was cooked by me. It was just cooked by me a long time ago and then put in the freezer, but that allows me to, you know, have, here's our Easter lunch tradition, because you know what? My reality is I don't have time to spend four hours in the kitchen and my kids are too hungry to get home from church and then wait for me to cook for three hours. You know, there's just, it's not going to happen. So whatever it works, whatever happens in your family, however your Easter morning goes, that is your tradition. I mean, traditions happen. That's as the mom of kids who are getting older, which is a really weird kind of thing for me to embrace. But that's the encouragement that I give to you. It's okay. Okay, you don't have to have the most elaborate design traditions. Traditions happen whether you think they're going to happen or not, whether you consciously make them or not. They, they happen. Um, and I will tell you real quick one idea that I got when my kids were little that I did that is so super crazy easy and is a tradition that they love is and we usually do this the night before. Um, you can do it the morning of, it's just that our mornings are crazy on Easter morning. So I've never wanted to wait that long. Um, but one of the things that I do is, uh, they're called resurrection rolls and, um, what that is, you know, helps you kind of, you know, as the kids were little bitty, it was such a great way to remind them and it still is, but you know, it's such a great way to talk through what Easter is actually about, you know, um, and what you do is uh, crescent rolls, which, I mean, sure, you can make it from scratch if you want to, but I get the, um, <clears throat> you know, can that pops open. Crescent rolls. Um, taking crescent rolls, I've actually also done it with biscuits before as well, and um, a large a package of large marshmallows, like the big ones, and not the huge, huge ones that they have now, but like just, you know, your big, big ones. Um, that plus cinnamon and sugar, which we know makes everything better and then better. Um, what you do is you take the marshmallow, okay, and you say, okay, this represents, we're pretending that this marshmallow is Jesus' body, okay, after he died. He died, and they put him in the grave. They rolled his, they put his, um, they didn't roll his body. Anyway, they put spices and oil on his body, so you have the melted butter, and you put the marshmallow in the melted butter, and then you put it in, um, Cinnamon and sugar, you know, and you talk about the cinnamon sugar being the spices and the butter, melted butter being the oil, you know, and then they put his body in the tomb. And so then you wrap the crescent roll around it and you seal it to make sure you, there's no way for that marshmallow to get out, you know, or you use, I actually do, now that I think about it, I like to use the flaky Grand's biscuits because you can just peel them apart and then put the marshmallow in there and then just kind of crimp the edges back around it so that, um, you know, so the marshmallow's in there. Well, then you cook it just like you would the biscuits or the crescent rolls. Oh, and then whatever cinnamon and sugar we have left over, we mix it with the leftover butter and we just pour it over the top. Anyway, and then, so a lot of times we'll do that the night before. And then that Easter morning, just if I'm already gone, my husband does it. But, you know, stick them in the oven, cook them just like you would the biscuits or the crescent rolls or whatever you're using. And, um... When they're cooked, the marshmallow melts while it's in there, and so it's gone, and there's just a hole there where the marshmallow was. So, you know, it, talking about how Jesus is no longer in the grave, and, um, you know, there was no way for him to get out. You know, he was, a, you know, 
anyway, so that um, it's just a visual and it's kind of a thing to remind us, wait a minute, okay, so we're doing something fun, but it also is specifically to remind us of, um, you know, what it is that is the reason why we have Easter, why we celebrate Easter. So um, that he's no longer in the grave. So that, uh, and also, y'all, it's seriously yummy. I mean, it is. And so my kids now, they love to do it. And a lot of it is because, oh, I love those resurrection rolls. And even my daughter, who hates marshmallows because she's weird, um, she loves those too because you don't really taste it. It just tastes like cinnamon rolls. It's like super sugary, you know, cinnamony, buttery, which cinnamon, butter, and sugar in any combination whatsoever is the definition of wonderful. So, okay. Um, so just talking about, you know, just it's okay. You know, give yourself grace. Give yourself a break on, you know, creating the perfect Easter with your kids and just realize, hey, this is what it is. And whatever your Easter looks like, that's the Easter that your kids are supposed to have. Um, okay, so specifically talking about um, Easter basket fillers, okay? Some great ideas that I have gotten from people and that I have used the last several years. Um, starting to think about, okay, this is a kind of a shift in season, my kids are already starting to think about summer. My son has already started talking about what he wants to do this summer. He's decided he's going to make himself a bacon and egg sandwich for breakfast every morning. We'll see how that goes. But, um, but you know, I mean, he's we're thinking of that because the weather is changing and it's kind of shifting out of winter towards summer. So we're in spring right now. So it's a great opportunity to kind of go ahead and buy those things that you're going to need in the summer anyway. That's a huge thing that I like to do. It's a frugal thing to me. I mean, it helps me kind of justify spending money on this stuff because like, well, I would spend it anyway at the end of May when these things are picked over and I can't find the right sizes and whatever. If I go ahead and buy it now and because I need to put stuff in their Easter basket anyway, then, hey, that kind of kills two birds with one stone, even though that sounds so violent. So, but whatever. Um, so, uh, you know, things, kind of thinking along those lines, that's some of the ideas that people gave that I've been using the last several years. For, um, like, clothes. Some, uh, you know, for my daughter, a little shorts set. Um, something, a bathing suit. Uh, the kids need bathing suits. If I wait too long, I'm telling you, I, I feel like if I just kind of go with when I think to buy bathing suits, I realize that the rest of the world is so much more prepared for life than I am because I'm like, how is it that every single bathing suit in my kids' sizes is already picked over and gone by the time I think to buy a bathing suit? Um, but, you know, bathing suits are already out at Easter. So, you know, going ahead and buying those things and putting it in there. And then, you know, it does two things. You know, it lets me give them something that's not clutter that they need anyway. But it's also something they're excited about because it's a reminder to them that, hey, we're getting close to summer. And summer is our favorite time of the year because we go to the pool every day. And, um, you know, some of those uh, basics, you know, T-shirts, um, you know, as my boys get older, boys don't necessarily love clothes. But, you know, my kids wear uniforms to school. So, uh, you know, those kind of things are fun to get some sort of a, you know, a fun t-shirt at Walmart and Target as well. You know, they have these walls in, I don't know if they have it in kids anymore. My boys are both in men's sizes, but, um, you know, the, in both of those stores, even Old Navy, whatever, they have this wall of just, you know, kind of crazy little t-shirts and some of them are not appropriate, but some of them, you know, like a Star Wars 
Wookiee on the front or, you know, the old, old time Batman, you know, crawling up the wall like they do. And just, you know, fun things like that, that I'm not one to just go out and buy fun, you know, t-shirts that they don't need, but it's like, oh, okay, yeah, they're going to need that for summer. It's fun. Go ahead and stick it in their Easter basket and they can have that. Um, the other thing is flip-flops. You know, my kids every year, they need flip-flops. So going ahead and buying them some flip-flops, uh, which are easier to fit, you know, for a gift than, than tennis shoes would be. But, you know, buying them flip-flops or swim shoes, you know, things like that, that they, they need. It's funny because my daughter loved her flip-flops that the Easter Bunny brought her a couple years ago. And I heard her talking to her friend who had the exact same flip-flops. And her friend's mom bought them at Walmart, but my daughter got hers from the Easter Bunny. So anyway, it was just funny them having this conversation. They were a little younger than they are now. But, um, you know, toothbrushes and toothpaste. This is an obvious one, but it's a great opportunity to get the mechanical toothbrush, um, you know, that my kids, my boys don't care as much anymore, but my daughter so wants a mechanical toothbrush. You know, well, they're not that expensive. I mean, really, you can get them for 5 or $6 even. And it will make her day. And it's something, you know, we need to replace toothbrushes periodically anyway. So great. You know, toothbrushes, uh, mouthwash. Uh, back when I used to be a major couponer, I would, um, any of that kind of stuff that I got with coupons, that, that would go in their um, Easter basket. Uh, baseball glove and hat, you know. Easter is right before baseball season for us. So, you know, those kind of things that they might need as they uh, get into that age. You know, I mean, my boys kind of, I think they're going to have their gloves for quite a while now. But, you know, when they were in that age where their hands were growing constantly and they needed a new one every year, that's a great time to do that. Um, fun Band-Aids or duct tape. Or, you know, those kinds of things that your kids always want to use that make you crazy, give them their own. Give them their own duct tape. Some moms, I know with stocking stuffers, have mentioned giving them scotch tape because they love it. Or, you know, Band-Aids that, you know, they want to, hey, go to town. You can put Band-Aids all over yourself with this one little box here. Um, socks. Now, I know that socks and underwear is kind of the um, classic bad gift, right? except that socks have changed. Did y'all know that? Did y'all know that socks have changed? Um, so little girls can get all kinds of funky, fun colors of socks. Um, socks are also a great thing to put at the bottom of the basket because I will tell you, I absolutely despise Easter grass and I will not use it. Now, those of you who are not from the U.S., um, I have learned through blogging, um, do not necessarily know what Easter grass is. If you do, great. Um, well, poor you actually, because it's horrible stuff. Anyway, in case you don't know what it is, it is shredded clear green plastic that sort of kind of looks like grass and it's kind of magnetic a little bit, like it's, you know, gets staticky and ends up all over the house, all over. It's very dangerous for pets. Um, it's, it's horrible, 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 horrible stuff. And it's just trash in the bottom of the basket and it's meant to line it or whatever. So, you know, coming up with things that you can line the bottom with so that, you know, the, the cool stuff is sticking out the top. Um, you know, socks are a great idea for that. Um, other things I've used tennis balls before, you know, I got a couple of packages of tennis balls and put them in the bottom of my boys' baskets. Um, uh, 
some sort of a, you know, pool toys, some sort of a float ball or something like that, put it in the bottom just to kind of take up that volume in the bottom, which is what the Easter grass is meant to do without actually like bringing stuff into your home that has no purpose other than making you want to lose your mind. Anyway, um, but the other thing, socks. So girls' socks is a great way to put, great thing to put at the bottom. And just in case, um, we're by definition not that cool at all um, because I'm too cheap to be cool. But um, the uh, boys these days are really into socks. Like somehow the sock manufacturers have figured out how to be a premium item. Like socks are a big deal. And I did not know this. I mean, I knew that. I noticed kind of that, you know, socks, whatever, um, until I went on a trip to California with Dawn. Have I talked about this before? But anyway, with Dawn, we went to California. We went to, um, hell, and this is kind of random, but we went to, you know, the Marine Mammal Center. It was a really awesome trip. Really neat to see, um, the kinds of wildlife support that, you know, Dawn does. But, um, so we went and they took us and we got to tour the facilities. We got to help out and we had to wear these big, um, like rain boots, you know, because of the water, because they were seals and they're in water. And anyway, um, so they bought each of the bloggers a pair of socks and it was a really nice pair of socks. And I looked at those socks. Do you know those socks were $14.99 for a pair of socks, one pair of socks. Y'all, I'm the mom who might pay $10 for a 10 pack. Okay. For $15 for a pair of socks. And I'll bet you there are, well, I'm sure there are socks that are way more than that, like 40 bucks a pair. I mean, really, to me, Easter is a time where um, a pair of socks, okay, I could, I can justify getting you um, one pair of the fancy socks that you really want and that all your friends have, and I don't know how they have them, but whatever, um, and that you can do that. Did you also know that there is a right and a left foot on these fancy socks that are out now? Really? I mean, they're actually made to be on a certain foot, and they'll have a little R and an L on them usually. It's crazy. Anyway, um, but that's, you know, it's kind of like, okay, I would never buy this for my kids normally, but I can make their day by buying them socks, which they do need, yes, um, buying them a pair of socks that I would not buy any other time and, you know, just turning that into an opportunity to, okay, I'm going to make them happy, but make it something that's not clutter. Um, other things that can go in Easter baskets, books, DVDs, um, art supplies, outside spring toys, you know, kind of celebrating the fact that it's spring, kites, jump ropes. Um, <clears throat> although I will say we've gotten enough jump ropes over the years that jump ropes can be clutter. I'll say that for sure. Uh, reusable water bottles. Obviously, some people have a bajillion of them because you get them in whatever situation. Uh, but if that's something your kids need, that's a great space taker that is, um, you know, if they need it, that's great. You know, age-appropriate Bibles, something as they get older um, or if they're young, you know, just different phases of life, different um, Bibles. That's perfect for Easter. Uh, bathing suits, swim goggles. You know, that's something my kids always want that I never want to purchase at the beginning of the summer because, you know, I'm thinking, uh, really? Do we want, you know, they're just going to look, but okay, I can go ahead and get them swim goggles because I'm already have spending money on, um, Easter basket stuff. So go ahead and get them something that they're going to want. Pool toys. Pool toys are another thing, um, 
you know, like the, the float that's not blown up yet. That's a good little space taker for the bottom. Um, sunscreen. I don't know how my kids would feel about sunscreen, honestly. Maybe if I got them each a spray bottle because they love the spray stuff, but I can't justify the cost because it is like gone so quickly. Um, with a family of, you know, four of us going to the pool and I spray them up good. Um, yeah, one bottle lasts like a week where the regular stuff lasts me um, a month. Anyway, flip-flops, I already said that. Gardening stuff, uh, that's a really fun thing. If you garden, if you don't garden and you're never going to, then that's clutter, obviously. Summer pajamas. You know, that's something that I don't buy my kids very regularly because, um, you know, they kind of are at that stage where they just wear shorts and t-shirt or whatever to bed. But, um, you know, they like to have summer pajamas for, for sleepovers and things like that. And, you know, so that's a good thing to do. Um, I was going to talk about, in general, you know, stopping the inflow of gifts. I got a great um, suggestion on that for uh, from one of you recently, but I have just realized that I've already blabbed on with my lack of a microphone for over 30 minutes. So I'm going to stop here and I will do a podcast on that subject later. Just, you know, I'd love to hear your suggestions. You know, what it is that you do to avoid gifts being cluttered just for the sake of them also being gifts? if that makes any sense. But thank you so much for listening. And don't forget um, to leave a review. And don't forget too that if you're completely overwhelmed in your home, uh, check out 28 Days to Hope for Your Home. It really does take you through four very basic habits. I just had a comment on the Facebook page just this week from one of you talking about, seriously, how in the world do these four little bitty habits make such a huge difference in my home? I don't get it. Like, I don't get it either. It's like, I never would have believed you if you had told me that four little habits that just don't seem like they could have that much impact, if they're done every day, will actually keep a home, bring a home out of chaos and keep a home out of chaos. So that's me advertising that ebook. I really do. When people ask me where to start, that's where to start. That's the reason I wrote that ebook as a, you know, hold your hand guide to getting out of that complete sense of overwhelm, you know, just feeling completely overwhelmed and not knowing where to start. This tells you where to start. So thanks so much for joining me and I will talk to you next week. Bye.